Welcome to Inspiring End-of-Life Conversations with Nina Impala. Do you have questions about death? How about events surrounding death? Or perhaps you have questions that need to be answered after death. On this program, we talk frankly and openly about the subject and invite you to share your comments and experiences as well. Now, here is your host, Nina Impala. Hello, everybody. We made it through the new year. And I'm excited to have another wonderful show today on Inspiring End-of-Life Conversations. I am with a beautiful, positive, sweet soul today. Her name is Diana Cole. She wrote a beautiful book called Spirit Translator. She's a thought leader and an author, passionate about spirit guidance. She is committed to teaching people how to access it for themselves so they may find freedom from pain and limitation and live a life of abundance, fun, and inspiration. Diana offers her empowering tools for spirit guidance in group settings, speaking engagement, live workshops, and through her vibrant Instagram and Facebook communities. She is the spirit of the book that we're going to be talking about. The spirit. She is the author of the book, Spirit Translator, which we're going to be talking a lot about today. Seven Truths for Creating Well-Being and Connecting with Spirit. She's also the co-author of Pillars of Success with Jack Canefield. Diana's first children's book, Alina, the Positive Thought Warrior, is due to be released very, very soon. So, Diana, hello. Hello, Nina. Thank you for having me on your show. You're so welcome. Your book was an inspiration to read and actually sent it to my child. And I'm really excited to just dive into the show. So, the main thing that started me in reading this book was you talked about how pain got you on this path. And could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So, you know, I decided, I think probably in my teenage years that I just wanted to have fun. And um, I think, you know, that's something that a lot of us might be able to identify with. And I, I searched for, you know, this life of fun. I went, after I graduated from college, I moved to LA and I had various jobs in the entertainment industry and in the fashion industry, which were a lot of fun. Um, but, you know, what happened is I started um, having these episodes of you know, what I call my, my decade of pain, right? So I started getting to these pain points in my life and I would, I would pull myself out of one painful situation and then I would meet another one and, and then another one. And it finally, I got to a point where I was at my lowest low and I realized something I needed to wake up. You know, I was, I was getting a message that I needed to listen to. Right. So something had to change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And recognizing that in life, is a lot about what your book's about and how to move through it, recognize it. And one of the things that you talk about are our thoughts. Yes. And the importance of our thoughts. Yes. Yeah, so I, I believe that the human experience is about pain cycles, that we go through pain cycles in our lives to wake us up and to teach us that pain comes to us as a teacher. And when we're able to move through it and, and learn the lesson we are able to have a better existence. Our life feels better. We feel happier. And the thing is about that, you know, if, if like I look back at my life, I'm sure, you know, you just were saying what you went through in your life and anybody listening to this show that when the same thing kind of keeps showing up and it hurts and we're sad and we're stressed, that's, that's, that's like, a, to me, it's almost like saying it's a sign from God or the universe, whatever you believe in. Hello, wake up. This mm-hmm. keeps happening because you need to change something in your life. 
Yeah, you know, what's interesting is I think it took me a while to get to that point because at first I kept thinking that there was a condition that wasn't right or, you know, was I in the wrong place? Was I in the wrong job? Was I, what outside condition was causing this? And what really, what really changed things for me is when I started realizing that it wasn't about what's out there. It was about what was going on inside me. And okay. That's like such a good point. Mm-hmm. That's such a, okay. So the first, I want to just dissect that a little bit. So the first part you're talking about is when we things keep happening in your life, right? And we're not happy or whatever it is that's in our life. And we're going outside of us to look for the joy, to look for the fix. Maybe if I go here, maybe if I buy this car, I'm going to get this house. I'm going to go to the grocery store and make whatever. Mm-hmm. But what you know, it takes is reflection is what you're saying. Yeah. You know, like I'll give you an example of that. So one of my, my pain stories is about getting divorced. Okay. And, you know, I think that when I first was going through the divorce, it was about, well, you know, I, I chose the wrong person, you know, mm-hmm. and, and as soon as I choose the right person, I'm going to be happy. That's perfect. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not really about that though. <laughs> nope. Right. Right. Or, or, you know, one of my, one of my pain stories is about a physical injury. Right. And mm-hmm. I was telling myself this wouldn't have happened if I hadn't done X, Y, or Z, or if I hadn't mm. been thinking this, this, or this. So I, it took me a while to get to a place where I saw that I was being shown that there was a way I could live my life and feel happier and better and not hit these lows I was hitting. Okay. You're just making me think of like, oh, I lived in LA too. And uh, it was a time in my life that was full of a lot of pain, physical and emotional pain. And I think, and for, you know, it took me a minute when I was going, it's time for me to go. I don't belong here. And that was from the internal stuff because one pain cycle would happen right after the next. Mm-hmm. And I learned so much about myself while I was there. But I didn't realize that till I left there. Mm-hmm. And the pain pushes you to learn about yes, yourself, it right? Does. It does. It really does. You speak about, and I love this too, you think about your thoughts as nutrition. Mm-hmm. So yeah. t- talk to us about that. That's really cool when, I, when you look at it. You know, because if you think about the food that you put in your body when you go out for junk food, you feel like crap. Mm-hmm, exactly. And, you know, thoughts are either depleting us or they're feeding us. And, mm-hmm. and there's no two ways around it. That's, that's what's happening. Our thought processes are feeding us or they're depleting us. And we have a choice. We can think whatever we want to think. And it doesn't mean, you know, don't look at your life and, you know, the way it is, be delusional. It means look at your life, but notice the things about your life that you enjoy and that you love and that you're grateful for mm-hmm. and spend less time focusing on, on the things that you don't like and that you don't enjoy. So it's really like a calling it up, you know, it's, it's it, the way I want to put this. It's like, um, it's, it's, it's literally when you talk about it, I think of it as, as like, I'm going to get up, I'm going to go to the gym and work out for 30 minutes. And it's a practice that I have to do or something that I have to practice inside of me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, you know, if you get up in the morning and you're thinking, I don't want to go to the gym. I hate going to the gym. I can't stand the gym. Why am I going to the gym? I'd rather do this or do that. I shouldn't go to the gym. Then don't go to the gym. 
you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there's all this stuff. Yeah, yes. Okay. That's beautiful. You know, and, and if you force yourself to go to the gym and you're running on the treadmill and you're thinking about how much you hate running on the treadmill, <laughs> you know, the thing is you're just not doing anything to help you, to help yourself. You're not feeding yourself the nutrition that you need. Right. And Those are bad really, thoughts. Right. And you can still, you can run on the treadmill and you can decide that mm-hmm. you're not going to do that. You can decide that you are going to instead start this stream of positive thinking, which really does work. And it really does make you feel better. And it goes something like you're running on the treadmill and you're thinking, I'm so happy my body is able to move this way. I feel so good when I'm able to move. Mm. I love that I can hear my breath. I love that I have these people around me who are doing the same things. I love that I'm doing something for myself and I feel good that I'm doing that for me, right? Um, Yeah. So it's about doing doing what you're going to do, but talking to yourself about it differently. So you do end up going to the gym, but you should start with a whole new conversation. Right. You do, you know, many of us, you know, have to go to, jobs we don't love. And I'm not saying don't go to work because you don't like work because that's not reasonable. Mm -hmm. But what I'm saying is go to work if you don't enjoy your job and talk to yourself about the things you do enjoy and and what you are grateful for, right? Mm -hmm. I'm grateful that I get to go to work when many people don't. I'm happy that I was chosen to do this job. I feel good about how I'm contributing to the world, right? Just talking to yourself differently about it. So I'm going to read something about you in your book that I love. It's, um, it says, in healing our own pain, we carve out deeper reservoirs of empathy, compassion, and wisdom from mm-hmm. which we can help not only ourselves, but each other, which I love that. Yes. You know, that's the thing. We're all going through pain, right? Right. So when we're judging other people, we are affecting ourselves in a really negative way. We're hurting ourselves. And and the thing is, if you realize that everyone's doing the best they can, yeah, and that everybody's in some degree of pain, uh-huh. I see you start this. feeling a lot, you start feeling love toward other people, and that love energy actually improves your yeah. own life. And then you get probably start feeling a little bit more calmer and peaceful mm-hmm. because you're, yeah. you're, you're shifting your thought process, which is better nutrition for your energetic self. Yes. And the way you walk through life. Yeah. So it's about feeling the way you feel genuinely, not talking yourself in or out of a feeling or an emotion. Right. Feel the way you feel, honor the way you feel, and then talk yourself into feeling the way that you want to feel. Mm. Cure so, your feelings. You know, when we talk about other people, you had mentioned that just briefly just a minute ago, I always got the sense that that like, even if I'm talking about somebody that is very far from me, mm-hmm. that they're like little arrows going into their energy field. It's hurtful. Mm-hmm. And people don't realize that just because you're not with somebody, when you talk badly about other people, it goes out there. Yeah. Well, and what I strongly believe is that it's a boomerang that comes back to you. Oh, right? okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't hurt another person necessarily. What happens is it hurts you and then it pours that sort of pain into the, con- the, the total consciousness that we all live in. It pours that negativity into this, you know, soup that we live in, this emotional soup, if you will. Right. We so, yeah. you know, so it's, it's, about, it's about helping, you know, treating other people kindly is mm-hmm. really, you know, about 
not just helping yourself, which it will. Mm-hmm. It's also about, you know, putting in this really good energy into this, this you know, sort of field that we all live in. Yeah. You know, it's contributing to the total in a really nice way. Yep. And you and I were just talking before the show, you know, it's that in both of us living in California, the energy is very heavy here. So I always feel that, you know, being here, my job is to be more uplifting when I'm out in the world. I smile a lot. I try and be kind to people way more, you know, so that they get out of their pain bodies and their pain minds and just thinking about all the things that are horrible, you know? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people are in pain right now. And, you know, it's funny you said that because that that made me think of something. I noticed that now that we're all wearing masks, you can't see people smiling at you anymore. I know. I look at people's eyes and I try. Yeah. and (laughs) and, smiling at you. Yeah. And I smile at people and I think, oh my gosh, they had no idea I was smiling. It's just really a strange, strange time to be living in because it's harder to sort of energetically send kindness to people right now. Yes. And I'm a feeler too. So a lot of times I'll do, grab a person's arm and squeeze them or something like that. And I don't dare do that right now, you know, because people yeah. just don't want to be touched and they're freaked out. You know, one of the spots, and I know I, I have to touch on this because I just think it's so amazing because people are ugly on the freeway. And in your book, <laughs> and California is notorious, is that um, the dialogue that you keep in your sweetheart when you're on the freeway. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wish I could teach everybody that in, in like, you know, like driving on the freeway 101, you know, and uh, the whole um, thing that you were just talking about where you switch that thinking about how you want to feel. Yeah, you hate going on the freeway. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of traffic and there's probably going to be people that are going to cut you off, race by you, take mm-hmm. your spot that you wanted, whatever that is. Yeah. You know, I'm a really impatient driver, I would say. And okay. I, I think that there have been times where I've noticed my driving experience wasn't as happy as it should have been. Mm-hmm. And I realized that if I wanted to improve my life, I needed to start, you know, I needed to start with the small things and, and really, you know, let it sort of grow from there. Right. Mm-hmm. And I realized that if I could have a driving experience and at the end of it feel really good, then I was going to make, I was making a lot of progress. So yeah, when I drive, I do my best to really thank the other drivers in my mind well, and I'm, be appreciative. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I'm going to grab it from your book. It's the cutest thing. I just started laughing when I, when I read it because I thought it was so good. Let me just pick out a little part in here. Um, I, I determined that if I could stay positive while driving, then I could master lo- almost any situations. Typically, within a few minutes of my driving, off in my car, another driver would do something I didn't like. Someone would cut in front of me or drive too slowly. Instead of getting annoyed, I would talk to myself about how wondrous it is that we are on roads with people every day, people, people that we'll never meet. I started to thank them in my mind for sharing the road with me, for sharing the experience we're living right now. I thought about how lucky I am to be able to drive where I need to go and how amazing it is that we are able to travel. Ba-boom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. great. Yeah, but that's, you know, that's a small snapshot of, you know, if you're in the car for a long time, you're doing that consistently for the entire time you're in the car, right? And the great thing is usually, for yes. me at least, you're in the car alone. And I, I tell my clients that this is a really nice time to talk out loud because yes. when you can talk to yourself, but it's out loud, mm-hmm. you, the impression is deeper in your brain. Like it, 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 
something happens where it almost feels more real to you when it's being said out loud. So talking I, to yourself. Pretty I much spend happens. a lot of time in my car talking to myself. People probably think I'm on a phone or something, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. We all, yeah. That's I'm talking unusual. to myself and talking about how great, you know, how, how happy I am to be driving and how excited I am that I'm able to get from one place to another. And, you know, I'm, I'm really trying to notice the things I enjoy about driving. And it does. I feel better at the end of my, at the end of my driving experiences. Well, when you think about it, you know, I mean, this is what's so beautiful about the work that you're doing, Diana, is, is the fact that you're taking the stress levels out of your body. And when we have a lot of thoughts about like, you know, just for instance, even the things that are going on in our world right now, you know, viscerally, our bodies react inside, you know, whether our shoulders are up or our stomach gets hard or we have our hand in a fist when we're thinking about something. I mean, we have physiological experiences because of the stress and the suffering that we carry in our bodies. Yeah. You know, I think at the end of the day, everyone just wants to feel good, right? Yeah. That's all. We just want to feel good. And it's really hard to not feel good when you're observing something that you like, or you're focusing on someone you love, or you're thinking about something you're grateful for. Correct. What I'd like to do, we're going to go to break. And when we get back from the break, I really, I want to talk about the feeling of the ask. We're going to get into that more. So everybody stay tuned and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Nina offers an alternative to traditional counseling. Sessions are not just 50 minutes, but a full hour. When you go in for a regular counseling session, many times you don't remember everything. Nina's difference is a summary email after each session and or a follow-up phone call if needed up to two weeks after. Nina also provides hospital visit consultations as necessary. Sessions with Nina and Paula are $250. And if you book a three-session package, you will get a $100 discount. Let's get you feeling peaceful and happy again. Losing someone we love is one of the most challenging, fearful, and heart-rending experiences we are ever likely to face. In her book, Dearly Departed, Nina Impala shares stories of her experiences as a hospice volunteer for more than 12 years and how those experiences prepared her for the final days of her own parents. Nina emphasizes the importance of being a good listener and living a good life. Dearly Departed by Nina Impala is available in paperback or Kindle edition through Amazon.com or your favorite book retailer. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Inspiring End-of-Life Conversations. If you have a question for Nina Impala or her guest today, call into our program at 1-888-346-9141. 
That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to tutoringforthespirit at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hi, we're back with Diana Cole and Spirit Translator. And Diana and I would like to talk about feeling the asking with the feeling, right, Diana? I say that right? Asking with the feeling. Yeah. Well, and this is in relationship to communicating with, you know, the spirit world, right? And right. You so can we- call this anything you want. You can call it communicating with God, communicating with spirit, communicating with energy. It, it's really sort of what you believe makes up the invisible world. Great. Yes. And you you break it down quite nicely. You talked about, um, and I'm going to have you explain it a little bit about feel the presence, know it's true, the energy of the ask. What is the present energy of I, I'm asking? Ask with feeling, direct your attention to what do you need right now and feel it. So how do, how do people mm-hmm. do that? Well, you know, there's a whole, you know, process I outlined for how to communicate with your spirit guide, how to ask questions and get answers. And this for me was really the most important thing I think I learned as a child. And thank God I did because it was the thing that really helped me get out of my very low times and my very low moments. And now I'm just really passionate about helping other people learn how to do this for themselves. And, you know, when I'm trying to um, teach people how to do this, there's a few key things that really stand out. And the first thing is, it's really important to feel the presence that you are, that you're pulling towards you. Okay. And, and it means that you, you get into the state of feeling the presence. I usually will um, prompt my clients to go through this meditation first to sort of get them in this place of feeling relaxed and calm and safe and centered and still. And then really getting to this place where you can feel the energy of what you can't see, the energy of, you know, spirit or wisdom or God, whatever you call it. I call it spirit. My father used to call it God. Okay. And you you start- Back you up one second. So, mm-hmm. I want to really get this for everybody. So, when you say the feel, mm-hmm. so feeling the presence of God, feeling the presence of a loved one or whatever it is, that mm-hmm. presence- Mm-hmm. In this case, it's not it's not a loved one. In this case, you would be feeling the presence of feeling good. You know, you okay. would you would feel good, and you would feel this presence of of goodness mm. around you. And you put yourself in this feeling that okay, feels good. really safe and really and really okay. nice. Good. That explains it for me. Okay, go ahead. And then the second thing is getting into the right energy to ask your questions. Okay. And that is about really getting to this place where you are expecting, um, you're expecting positivity. You're expecting to get an answer that's good for you. And you're putting yourself in this place where there's no doubt. You know, Mm. I I learned from a young age that self-doubt erases manifestation. So if you go into this place with doubt, you can't hear answers to your questions. You have to be clear of that and you have to feel absolutely sure and believe that, that, it. That believe that your answers are here for you mm-hmm. and that it is time now for you to get them. Wow. Uh, no, and knowing that spirit always wants to say yes, right? So your questions have to be, um, they have to have this energy of this yes feeling behind them. Gotcha. Which okay. leads to ask with feeling, right? Right. 
So, you know, this is this is sort of an interesting one because I I do readings too with people and the, they'll ask me a series of questions that, you know, spirit will answer for them. And it really is about asking questions that you really feel you need the answer to. Okay. Um, and feeling like, you know, this is a need that you get this, this, this answer, you it's know, this important. question answered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, you have to be in that feeling of expectancy, that feeling of, of, you know, erasing that doubt. You're, so you're expecting to get an answer. You're feeling good. You're feeling safe. You're feeling calm. And then, you know, the answers will come to you. Right. And then the structure of the ask is the fourth, the fourth thing. And it's about how to ask a question and keep it simple. Right. Okay. Give us uh, some examples. Okay. So, you know, um, if I'm talking to somebody who says, I, I'm not married and I want to be married and I want to find a boyfriend and when am I going to find one? <laughs> Good one. You know, that's not really the right question to ask. I, I will have a client at that point rephrase the question, right? Mm-hmm. And the question really is, how can I feel better in a relationship? Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Or, or what do I need to do to feel better in a relationship? Or, you know, what do I need to draw a relationship toward me? Okay. So what's and how's? No mm-hmm. shoulda, coulda, woulda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see yeah. what you're saying. So yeah. be pretty direct. Be direct. Be direct. Keep it simple. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's interesting. It, it, if you write down 10 questions that you really need the answers to, okay. usually you'll find out that it all really is only one question. Interesting. That's good, Diana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that a lot. We overthink things as crazy humans. You know, we just overthink it, start adding, and maybe they didn't hear me, and I, did I ask for it right? And what if it's not red or blue or whatever? You know, we just get we get too um, too detailed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just relax, ask the question, and just and you say repetitively too. So just mm-hmm. ask it again and again. You had a story you were going to share about Sacred Garden. I think that has to do with mm-hmm. your dad that might help us with this a little bit. Is that? Am I well, right? yeah. Well, this is really about, so the, I learned that my spirit guide lives in my sacred garden. And, okay. um, and that's what I teach is how to go into your sacred garden and meet your spirit guide. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. when my dad was, pass, was, when he was passing away, mm-hmm. he told me that one of the things he wished he had taught um, was how to fill your sacred garden with all the things that you want to take with you because that really is all you take with you when you leave. Oh. And I felt like that was something I, that's something I'm actually tackling a little bit more this year. I'm going to go Beautiful. deeper into, I'm going to go deeper into that this year with my work. Um, but I think that it's relevant now because we are at this time, you know, in the world where we're facing a lot of death, right? We're facing a lot of sickness and we're facing people exiting, you know, the planet that, and not just, we're not just hearing about it out there. There's people who we actually know, you know, who are passing away at a more rapid rate than usual. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's important for people to know that, you know, if you can find this place inside you, which I call the sacred garden and you feel comfortable there and you 
in a sense, you know, meditate there and you fill it with the things that you love and that you want to take with you. I think that it, it can help, you know, it can help feel like you've done something here that's important and that you're taking that with you. Yes. And I think that, you know, when people get to the end of life, you know, we can prepare, this is what my show is about, inspiring end of life conversations and what you're, you know, what you're doing and your book and what you bring to the world helps people die. Mm-hmm. I hope and, it does. You know, oh, I'm sure it does. So that's, and that's one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on the show because there were so many gems in your book that help people like, let's see if I can find the words for this. Sometimes, you know, with the spiritual stuff, it's hard to find the words, but I want to say that with the exercises that are in here, if someone was at the end of life or knew that they were going to be dying, there's so much in here that could help a person get those answers by talking to spirit and not being afraid. Yeah. And, you know, here's the thing, Nina, we're all going to be dying. Yes. All of us. And, That's right. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to feel too soon for all of us. And the, the sooner we start, focusing on what's really important here, Mm -hmm. I think the better we can live now. Exactly. And the better death you can have. Yeah. You know, know, my, somebody who was really important to me growing up was Elizabeth Kubler-Ross who wrote in Death and Dying. Yes. And, and even when she was dying, she needed help. Yeah. You know, it's, it's scary for everybody. And, and I think that it's our job to make it less scary, or at least make it feel like we did something here that mattered. Agreed. Very much so. And one of the things, I mean, even when I'm doing hospice work, is I try to teach people, you know, how to calm their mind and the families and stuff mm-hmm. so that the person can prepare to die. Because just like the energy that you're talking about, you know, that we talked about earlier in the show today, that energy goes out there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with hospice, people die at home and being able to create a loving space mm-hmm. with energetically high vibrationally, if everybody mm-hmm. knows what that means, just making it bright and light and loving and kind and compassionate, then that person can pass easily. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I learned that the healer is really the person who gives the energy to the person who needs to be healed that they need to feel. Mm. Say that again slowly. Wait, wait, say that again slowly. So what did you say? So really all a healer really does is that you you are an example of the energy. Yes. You want the person or the person who needs to be healed needs to take on. And feel it. Mm -hmm. Mm. So if you can, right. So if you're with somebody who is, you know, at the end of their life and you can be that, you know, positive, happy, you know, force, that loving energy that they need and not, not be in fear, but, you know, just be in gratitude and in love. It does help. It does make it a little bit easier because I think the dying experience is very scary, no matter what, no matter how old you are, no matter what circumstance. Yeah. I think, you know, there's that, what I call it the great mystery, the part that we don't get to know about. Mm-hmm. And I've been bedside with a lot of people that have died and I've seen some beautiful things. But no matter what I've seen, those moments, 
when, you know, when I know when I have to leave this world and leave my children and my grandbabies, it's, it's going to be, it'll be hard and not having the anxiety that we get at the end of life. Mm-hmm. And depending how people die too, many times, you know, in hospice, there's, they're, you know, keep pain managed. And it makes people kind of sleepy and sometimes it makes it a little easier for them. But I also know that the most important thing is the energy in the home. Yes. What's happening in that house mm-hmm. is what makes the passing better. If it's anxiety, is there anyways it a way to, you know, calm that down with the family members really helps the person in the bed. Yeah. They want to go, you know, and usually it's the family members that are struggling. And so I think it's really beautiful to be able to, you know, consecrate it, make it feel holy and bring in that kind of light, which a lot that's in this book could help people with that. And I really love that. You have a, um, on in here, you have the, you said, I have the ability to feel alone in this body, alone in my house or alone in the world. One of life's inevitable experiences caused me to feel the most alone is living through the passing of someone that you love. And that is true. Yep. And again, with your work, you know, I mean, my mom's gone now and I, there's times where I can just, I do those little exercises, you know, that you have in the back of your book and I just I want to talk to her. I want, I want to feel her. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I still have conversations with my father, I think all the time. <laughs> I think yeah. I did before I got on the show with you today. <laughs> yes. My, me too with my mom. Help me out here. I'm having a show today. And so you, you see like where we're going with this is the important of, you know, the gifts that you have and the gifts that you've shared. And here you are talking to your dad and letting everybody else know that they can do that too. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting when you talk to somebody who has lost a loved one. Yes. Someone they were very close to. Mm -hmm. Every Mm -hmm. person I've talked to in Mm -hmm. that situation will tell me sort of almost in secret that they can still communicate with that person who has passed. Yes. And, you know, it's almost like you're not supposed to say it out loud because it's not, uh-huh. it's not supposed to be true. No, you're not allowed to do that. You know, it's not really happening. Right. But, you know, you, it should be something we can do and oh, we can. Yeah. And, you know, in some ways, I feel like I can almost communicate with my father better now because he's here for me always. Yeah. yeah. It's just a different relationship. That's right. Well, in hospice, we always talk about relocating the person that passed away. Yes. You know, they're not here on earth. They, they're in a different place now. And then just finding that relationship with them being relocated, it just kind of helps. You yeah, know, really it really helps. Does. And um, I think, too, when we were talking about your book, and so this kind of, kind of dovetails into this whole thing. So I want to say that. You have a quote in here that makes me feel so good, and I want everybody to hear it. And you even have it started at Know This. It's on uh, page 94. You are living the life you asked to live. You have had twists and turns that have taught you much. You have hit lows that have been hard for you to wrap your mind around. And what we are saying is that you are not to wrap your mind around this. This is not a mind mission. This is a soul learning that, to me, just kind of lets you off the hook in so many ways when yes. we start that self-talk and that pain that we experienced in any situation that we're in. This is part of your soul's learning process. Yes. 
Yes, that's, you know, that's what I, that's what I learned. I learned that, you know, life is like Disneyland or it's supposed to be, right? <laughs> We're supposed to come here and have this fun learning experience. It's like, it's like going to school or going on a vacation. It's, you know, we're just here for a short amount of time, really. Yeah, and, that's true. It really you know, is. Yeah, and we're supposed to experience and learn and have fun. And for some reason, it's gotten really not fun for too many people. And it's not supposed to be that way. And no. we are making it not fun by thinking about how not fun it is. Yeah. I, I say to my husband all the time, we need to go have fun. Let's go have fun today. Let's do something fun. Yeah. You know, we are lucky. We have this mechanism of thought and of yeah. self-talk, right? Mm-hmm. And if you can self-talk yourself into feeling good, you are going to feel good. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's so true. And when you bring that into your life, and it's almost like sometimes, Diana, it feels like, you know, when I say to people, you know, you need, don't forget to have fun. I was telling my son that the other day. I said, you guys are doing so much. You've got to have fun. And they always just look at me like, you know. Yeah. We're busy. You know, it, well, and this is, the, this is the secret, right? Yeah. Be happy no matter what. Yeah. Right? Have fun no matter what. Even if you're doing something that is really not supposed to be fun, find the fun in it. And find your joy in it. And know not to beat yourself up. That's probably the biggest thing. I mean, I think you could probably see that with your clients and I could see it with mine too is no, no, don't, don't beat yourself up. Love yourself through this. Let's find a way to do that. Yeah. You know, unfortunately though, I think we're taught, right? Yeah. From a young age, we're taught everything that, that we do and that mm-hmm. we think is all what we've learned. And we're not learning as children that we can feel any way we want to feel and that we control our thoughts and that those thought processes are so important. Yeah, it's true. I know we got to go to another break and I want to talk a little bit. um, You talked a little bit about hope in your book and I want to talk about that too. So we got some time for that. So uh, we will be right back with Diana Cole. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Nina offers an alternative to traditional counseling. Sessions are not just 50 minutes, but a full hour. When you go in for a regular counseling session, many times you don't remember everything. Nina's difference is a summary email after each session and or a follow-up phone call if needed up to two weeks after. Nina also provides hospital visit consultations as necessary. Sessions with Nina and Paula are $250. And if you book a three-session package, you will get a $100 discount. Let's get you feeling peaceful and happy again. Losing someone we love is one of the most challenging, fearful, and heart-rending experiences we are ever likely to face. In her book, Dearly Departed, Nina Impala shares stories of her experiences as a hospice volunteer for more than 12 years and how those experiences prepared her for the final days of her own parents. Nina emphasizes the importance of being a good listener and living a good life. Dearly Departed by Nina Impala is available in paperback or Kindle edition through Amazon.com or your favorite book retailer. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Inspiring End-of-Life Conversations. If you have a question for Nina Impala or her guest today, call into our program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to tutoringforthespirit at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hello, I'm back with Diana Cole, and we're talking about her beautiful book, Spirit Translator. And uh, we've covered so much today. Diana, I just found one other little morsel that I wanted to talk to you about. You have an acronym in your book, MAGIC, Mm -hmm. Manifested Absolute Goodness in Conscious Form. Mm -hmm. That is great. So this this sums up everything we've talked about, even if you're just tuning in, that all that Diana speaks of and the work to be done about pain being one of our greatest teacher teachers is and with your happy thoughts and the exercises that are in this book, you manifest absolute goodness in conscious form. Mm-hmm. Did I explain that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I what I, I see. Love that. Yeah, what I see and what I learned is that a lot of us have a barrier to communicating with this all-knowing force. And a lot of the barriers that we put up are because we don't feel like we are loved or worthy of love or that we're not good or as good as we should be. I see. Okay. That's and beautiful. yeah, and what really, you know, came to me while I was writing this book is that we really are, you know, this manifested absolute goodness. You know, we're here in conscious form. Yeah. It's it's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, I just love that. I wrote it at the bottom of my page here. And um, you're doing some great things. And we touched a little bit about, you know, what we learn as children mm-hmm. and, you know, what goes into our brain and, and how much stays with us. You know, it's what we've gone through in grammar school and all these different behaviors, learned behaviors that we pick up in childhood that kind of get in the way when we get older. And uh, I know you're working on a children's book. And are you touching on this kind of stuff? Yeah, you know, I basically I'm I feel really fortunate because I grew up with a father who was a spiritual leader and Wonderful. he taught me just so many amazing things and I I feel like now it's my job to teach other people what he taught me because it's so amazing and I get that sense too when I talk to you by the way I can feel your dad and how proud yeah. he is of you and just the work that you're doing Diana so that's that's beautiful yeah, I think that he would have been really happy to have me carry on what he was doing. He he just, for some reason, had all this knowledge. And um, and one of the things that I thought would be really important would be to teach children some of the things I learned as a child, because some of the things I learned as a child, the re- I mean, I think the reason I, I feel so confident now that I have this ability to communicate with spirit is that I learned it when I was when I was a child before any doubt could seep in, right? Well, you were lucky. (laughs) Yeah. So I have like this confidence or this knowing that I I have this ability, right? And I thought it would be really nice to give that to other children. So 
during this pandemic, my daughter and I sat down and decided to write a series of children's books. And the first one comes out in a few weeks, I believe. Um, mm. And it's called Alina, the Positive Thought Warrior. Oh, I love the title. <laughs> yeah. And it's about, it's, it's really introducing children, young children to the idea of positive thinking. Okay. Wow. Through this, yeah, through the superhero name Alina. And um, we have a, a journal, a, a journal for children coming mm. out next. Um, my daughter is somebody who's always journaled and um, and it's always, you know, been really helpful for her through her life. She's 18 now and she's always been a journaler and she was really passionate about getting a journal out for kids that was mm. geared toward children and mm. not, you know, not something, not like an ugly notebook, as she would have said. So that's, um, that's the second one. And then we have, uh, you know, if we have it our way, we'll have three more come out by the end of the year. So we'll have a series of books coming out and they're going to be on those subjects. So the first one's positive thinking, and then we're going to have the other ones will be on kindness and meditation and, um, and feelings. You know, I, it just reminds me of a time in my life where I was um, in college and I got to uh, do an internship at a boys and girls club. And I taught them breathing and yoga. And they were so, just so precious because they were so open. You know, and I don't know what their homes like were like or anything like that, but every single one of them sat there and just breathed. And it was just the sweetest thing. And I thought, wow, I wish I could do this every day with these kids. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. I think that if kids have this sort of foundation of, mm-hmm. of learning some of these things, I think it will help them in their later life. And unfortunately, you know, we, we all learn by watching. And, yeah. and because, you know, it's probably not, it's probably more rare that people learn these things at a young age. They don't, they don't think about them or teaching them to their children. No, it's not because I, anybody is bad. It's because we just don't know. We do, that's how. exactly right. So I'm just, I'm just hoping I can pour some of this into, you know, some children's books to give parents that, that crutch they might need. Like, I think every parent probably thinks to themselves, I want to teach my children kindness or positive thinking or positive self-talk but, or meditation, right? But how do you do it? How do you introduce that to a child, Right. I know so, my niece and nephew, they, I see them with, um, well, the, just the anxiety that they've had because they haven't been in school. Yeah, that's you the know? other thing. Kids, kids right now are learning through a really difficult time and watching a lot of fear. And the amount of anxiety. Like I'm seeing kids mm-hmm. get medicated so young for anxiety, you yeah. know, and I just feel like there's got to be a better way, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think just if we can teach children that they have all the answers inside them and to be really confident with that, mm-hmm. I think that could help. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'll do it, definitely do it with my grandkids because I just, it's something that I think is really important is just teaching kids how to quiet the mind and being able to f- sense what's inside their bodies and where they're feeling it and, and all of that. So I'm excited. I'm, I'm going to grab that book for one of my um, nieces. That Thank sounds good. You. So you got to tell me when it comes out. <laughs> I will know. let you know. Yes. So where, so what else are you doing in, in your own life, you know, with your practice and steps? So you have practice, online practice? Yeah. Well, right now I am working on an ebook that I'm going to be introducing hopefully in the next 30 days on um, how to meet your spirit guide and going through the meditations. And then when 
when you buy that book, you'll have access to a member's portal where you can go through those meditations with me. Oh, um, that's great. Yeah, I think that what, what I'm hearing the most after writing this book is that people want more on how to really dive in. How to do it. Mm-hmm. See, that's the thing. And then making that time. In, in my own life, that's one at night. That's my time to just lay down and do my meditation and my prayer. And then if I have any questions about the day, that's when I do it. But like you just said, you know, the average bear, if I could say it that way, just doesn't know how, you know, so it's learning how to turn off the mind, go into the heart. And so do you do guided meditations? Well, that's what I will be offering with the ebook because, you know, I, I am somebody who learned that meditation is about being completely quiet and still, but for the purpose of getting into the space of getting, you know, information from the invisible world as you would, or having a conversation with your spirit guide or with infinite wisdom, um, you really do need to be guided into that place. I, you can read it and I'm going to give it to people to read, but it's a little bit easier once you've read it to have someone guide you through it. Um, So I'm, I'm, you know, coming up with a bunch of different ways to do that and just put that out there too. That's really beautiful. How long, I know this is kind of an odd question, but how long did it, did it take you to write that book, Spirit Translator? Two years. Wow. Yeah. And it, it's, it feels like it's almost like a, just a guidebook. It's something that y'all of your clients probably need to get because of those practices in the back. And I, what I'd like to do before we end the show is maybe take us through how much time do we have? We only got about seven minutes or something like that. Just a little meditation where everybody can just kind of close their eyes for a minute and you could just walk them through something short and sweet. Okay. Well, you know, the one that I really like and that I really think is relevant for right now is just helping you feel loved and protected, right? Okay. Loved and protected. And and that one's simple and and easy to do again and to remember. So I'll do that one. Beautiful. So first, you want to make sure that you're, you go to a place where you're, you can be quiet and calm and still, where you won't be interrupted by you know, any of the outside world when you do this for yourself you know, after this call or after this podcast. Um, and you are feeling like really safe and, and internally calm. It's not just about having your environment being quiet. It's about being internally quiet at the same time. I like that, internally quiet. Mm -hmm. internally quiet and calm. So what you'll do is you'll sit with your back straight and it's best to be sitting up in a straight, in a straight um, manner. So in a chair or couch, as long as you can sit up straight and then close your eyes and you just start breathing in through your nose and out through your nose, normal breath, just in and out and start to clear your mind of any thoughts at all. Just focus on the breath in through the nose, out through the nose and focus on just relaxing and feeling safe and calm and loved and just try to get into that feeling mm-hmm. and really feeling that you are protected. And then you bring focus to what's happening behind the eyes, right? So what, what happens when you meditate is that you, your thoughts keep popping up and it's hard to stop thought, right? right. So I suggest that you watch the light show behind the eyelids. Mm. It's a good idea. So you'll naturally see little specks of light and you want to watch those lights 
and just focus on the lights, but don't think about them. Just sort of watch them like you're a spectator watching a light show and continue to be calm. And then imagine that a golden beam of light is coming down through the top of your head and it's going through your body and then it's enveloping you and swirling around you. And as it swirls around you, this golden light becomes a white bubble, almost like a white cloud around you. And it helps you feel safe and protected, feel the warmth of it, feel Mm -hmm. safe in it, Mm -hmm. feel loved in it. Mm -hmm. And just as you're watching the light show or focusing on one light at this moment, you're just feeling this beam of light circling around you. You're feeling loved and you're feeling safe and warm. And you can do this for as long as you'd like. And then when you are ready to come out of it, you say thank you to the light and then open your eyes. That was perfect. Wow. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Very easy to do. (laughs) It's very easy, right? Yeah. And it can take five minutes anytime you need to feel protected desk and you know what i do that every time i get on a plane Mm, good idea yeah and and i have i have clients who have to do things similar similarly when they get on planes yeah that's really beautiful i could feel it immediately and it's just you know and and putting yourself in that bubble is helpful it is helpful and i think when you get on a plane or maybe you're going into walmart or something like that just sit in your car for a minute and (laughs) Yeah, bubble around you, you know, so nobody bothers you. But the feeling safe and warm, I think that's just a really important thing to for us all to remember, you know. Yeah, something much bigger in control here. It has been my great pleasure to speak with you. It really has. I encourage everybody listening, and even if you listen to the recording, to buy her book, Spirit Translator. It's fantastic. And if you've got kids, watch for Alina to come out. And uh, gosh, thank you so much, Diana. This has really been a very good show. We've got a lot of work done and a lot of ways to help people out there. So I really appreciate you. Thank you, Nina. I really appreciate it too. You're so welcome, my dear. Okay. So thanks for being here. And uh, Like I said, go out and get her book and um, enjoy your life. Be happy and have fun. Thank you, Diana. Thank you. So we're ending another wonderful episode of Inspiring End of Life Conversations. If you've got any questions, you have anything you need to know for me or for Diana, you know where to find us. And Diana, I know you're still there. Give us your email real quick. It's my, well, my website is dianacole.com. Perfect. And my email is hello, Diana Cole at Gmail. Okay, great. Perfect. Okay, thanks so much, everybody, and have a great week. And we'll see you back here next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Bye-bye. We hope you have found hope in this week's edition of Inspiring End-of-Life Conversations. Please join your host, Nina Impala, for another program next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll talk again soon.